Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whichever time you guys are checking us out, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. This is episode 140. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Scullin, and join with me as always, my wonderful co-host, Mr. James Grusom. What's up, James? Greetings and salutations, everyone. And we promise this time there's no Tiger uh, Tiger King talk going on. <laughs> it's done. That's yeah. It's done. It was fun. It was there. And now it's over with. And, you know, it's just more about games hanging out and still everybody trying to, you know, get through the situation. So I hope everybody, you know, is doing well. I, I hope maybe you got your stimulus check. I know a lot of those are still coming out as I've been delivering some of those uh, you know, myself, if you didn't have the direct deposit situation. Um, and I do want everybody to know, you know, that the, the post office it is trying to do as much as they can to help people get their checks to where if someone has moved, uh, you know, if we have a bad address, it's a name we don't know. We are holding them at the post office, you know, so people can try to contact, uh, you know, and get it. You know, it's like we really are trying to help people get these because people really do need them, you know, at the end, like it's great to get it's also, you know, not a huge amount. So I do, you know, we don't want to get too much into political stuff, but this is just about the people. So I do hope they do have another plan. And there's lots of rumors and talks of other stimulus ones, like a $2,000 a month, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I just hope everybody's doing okay. I hope you get your money. And, you know, I just hope we all make it through this, especially, you know, small businesses and such. So, you know, try to support those as much as you can during this time but other than that i hope y'all are enjoying some uh great and awesome games because those are still coming out oh yeah and i mean it's been a pretty interesting month for april and uh yeah i mean like everyone's been kind of having to stay inside and i remember last night uh i woke up at like 1 a.m like wide awake and i'm sitting there trying to get back to sleep and and something dawned on me and i decided to post it on twitter because i was like you know if this whole thing happened during the 90s then this probably would have happened to one of us. We would have rented a game at Blockbuster, and Blockbuster would have shut down, and we would have been stuck with a game. And I was going to ask you, James, what game would that be that you would be stuck with from your experience of, say, 90s COVID-19 and Blockbuster? Man, I'm trying, you know, I don't want some uh, years to cross over when they came out, because I'm thinking at certain times it could have been NES, Super NES. Sometimes it was both. Uh, I, I'll throw one from both. If it was NES, it probably would. I would have been uh, stuck with X Men, uh, which I, I told before I passed up. Uh, actually, no. It, what it was, it was always checked out. One time I got Three Stooges instead, which was awesome. But that's a good granted, game. I don't know if I had that stuck in front of me for a while. I'd probably get tired of that too. But uh, you know, I uh, I ended up getting that instead of X Men because it was checked out. And when I finally got X Men, it was like wow, this game is terrible because it's, <laughs> it, it's a game you're waiting for. So those games that are checked out. That or Baby Boomer would have been the uh, the NES ones I was stuck with. And then uh, I, I'd probably throw out one of the first Super NES rentals I ever got, uh, which I think was on a bir- – I don't remember what year it was. It was on a birthday, but I had got Draken, uh, which was a very, very early uh, you know Super NES kind of RPG uh, with a like overhead 3D world uh, made by us, uh, was it uh, Kimko Seke? Uh, Seka put that out. Who actually I usually love. They did all the shadow gates and everything. But man, Draken was a just that was a rough game. Though its sequel, Dragon View, that's a game. On the other hand, I would have loved 
to have been stuck inside with because I, I played that. I've mentioned it also before on this show. Uh, it's one I found way later, and it just it blew me away. Like it's just it's a game I wish I did play as a kid. So you know that'd be the one I wish I had during quarantine, and Draken would be the one I did not want during quarantine. Yeah, I think for me it might have been uh, probably Turtles in Time because I remember I rented that game all the time at Blockbuster, and actually I remember we we actually had a pretty outstanding um, late fee charge because I had rented uh, Turtles in Time. My mom's car like broke down, and we couldn't get back to Blockbuster, so it was like ten days late. <laughs> and it, and it, did you ever do this? I remember when we would rent games and we would have a late fee, and we'd have to keep tabs because it'd be like other mom and pop shops that you could rent, you know, movies and video games from. So it'd be like, Oh, I want to get a blockbuster. Now we owe a late fee. We got to go to Hollywood video this week or no, we owe a late fee for Hollywood video. We got to go to like uh smash smash TV. That used to be a um, rental place here. And there was also another one called like friends. We had friends. That was pretty cool. Yeah. You just have so many. Like we had vi- video hut was the uh, oh, yeah. local video. hut was the local one in my area that stood around for the longest. And over time, uh, that was really where I kind of I put my loyalties. I mean, I probably did have a late fee at Blockbuster, too. I had a late fee at both. Video Hut was a little bit more uh, understanding. Sometimes they would even still let you rent. Um, but th- they were the place. They also had porn movies. Yeah, a lot of videos that had those <laughs> back in the day. Um, and they had those in games. And that was the one I kind of, like, I, I put my loyalties, you know, with them. Had a great horror selection. Um just a great place but yeah i mean at least turtles in time man at least that would have been i mean you might have got sick of it yeah after a while but at least that would have been like a a pretty good one to have much much better than dragon now i i will say they're like uh where my girlfriend's from she's from uh, clover south carolina they still have a video rental store in their town oh nice yeah it was like she we were we were going by uh, to go see her dad, and we were driving by, and she's like, "Look, that's the rental place," and it looked almost like someone's, almost looked like a house, like it didn't look like a store, it looked more like like homey. And I remember it had like the the windows outside, and they had like Infinity War posters, like and like Star Wars and stuff like that. And I thought it was really cool how it was kind of a you know rental store, but it was very modernized, like it had the new movies and stuff like that. And I was like, man, that's I, I miss the days. I miss the days of you know going to a video store and kind of choosing what you wanted to spend your weekend with, you know? It was, it was a big choice. It's one of those things, you know, I miss too. And I wonder sometimes like, you know, do we look back with nostalgic eyes? Cause like if we had a video store down the street, like I wonder some of us like, would, would we go? Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I, I just don't know. I appreciate people doing that. And like, if I saw a video store somewhere, I would almost want to go buy a membership, like not rent anything, but just to support and have like a card in my little, uh, I don't really carry a wallet. I have a stack of just cards and crap I, I keep in my fanny pack because, you know, that's just what I do. But I would almost <laughs> like to go and purchase, uh, you know, just a membership card from them just to support. Like if I was in another town, you know, I, I wouldn't ever want to rent anything because I'd probably never return it because I would leave. But uh, I, I think that's cool. You know, and you hear yeah. about, you know, that blockbuster in Alaska, but we know there's lots of, uh, you know, little mom and pop things you just don't hear about. And if you're in a small enough town, depending on the area, it's something that really could sustain, um, you know, and it's it's still a really cool option. Because sometimes uh, when you have these services, you know, that you pay for with the streaming, there's so much. And sometimes there's too many options, I think, for people. And they'd rather just, I, I need one thing. 
let me go and, and physical even for us as you know many of us still like in game form and such uh that still works in in uh, in other things you know even mm-hmm. going to a video store physically renting this some people don't trust renting things you know uh, over streaming over the internet a lot, a lot of people are like that in certain areas they don't trust it so they would still actually rather rent a physical copy of something and it's just i, I think it's cool to have that option around still yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and speaking of like rentals and you know staying inside, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot going on gaming news wise. But I did want to mention uh, something that was really interesting. And that's with Animal Crossing. Uh, last time we did our episode, I think Animal Crossing was just about to come out, or it was just right around the corner. But according to Super Data, Animal Crossing has sold more than five million copies worldwide, making it the best-selling single-month game in console history. Uh, the Nintendo published title broke uh, the console record for monthly game sales digitally, previously held by Call of Duty Black Ops Four. That is insane! Like, and I know a lot of friends on my Facebook are still playing the heck out of uh, Animal Crossing. I have to admit, I've kind of slacked a little bit. I, I keep telling myself, oh, I need to, I need to go on it, especially today, because today's Sunday, the day's turnip day, so I need to go and buy some turnips and try to make some money on the turnip market. But uh, it, it's it's been an amazing experience seeing some of these people's reactions and the way their towns look and everything in this game. It's it's really good. That just it sounds like a lot of work. You know? It is. It uh, is. But I get it because a lot of times, you know, people have a lot of downtime and I could really see that capturing people's imaginations. Uh, I realized I think I got the one on 3DS that came out and I I should probably put it in and uh, go see what my town looks like. So <laughs> probably everybody's dead and it's just all, you know, rotting everywhere. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. It's just, uh, I think that was a game that was not for me, but I totally understand, you know, and like I said, during this time, people at home, you got time to do these little uh, uh, menial things. Sometimes people just want an escape, and I think that's a, a very good game for that. Which is not not up my alley, but you know, for some, like it, it, and it's cool, especially during this time to have that and see how many people played it and have got it. I mean, you can really see you know the impact it's making with people. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I tell a lot of folks, uh, Animal Crossing isn't for everybody, and for me, um, like I, when I first got it, I mean I. I easily put 20 30 hours into it the first week i had it i couldn't put it down but you know after the newness kind of wore off and it it gets kind of repetitive for me being like okay well i i'm gonna get up i'm gonna you know get fish and do this and they had you know certain events that happen monthly which is really cool but i mean it's it's been a really interesting uh game uh like i said i need to pick it up and play it again but i've just been i've been kind of preoccupied with some other things that we'll get into with games we've been playing but before we get into that of course uh i did want to talk about one game that you and i both have been playing and we usually save this segment for the end and we'll go back to it uh but streets of rage 4 man like I, i know you haven't heard this james because this is uh before it's out but i'm actually using the boss theme of the original street fight of street fighter Original Streets of Rage, the original theme for opening up the uh, episode this week. But Streets of Rage 4, holy crap, man. Gotta say, I had a little bit of disappointment at first, not due to the games, because I thought it came out on the 28th. Uh, Like, I was ready, went on the store, uh, because it was going to be on Game Pass. And since I had that, I was like, well, might as well. I will say, too, I probably will 
uh, buy another version. I may get it on the Switch. Uh, I may snag up a physical version, you know, myself too, of some form, uh, just because I like it that much. Uh, like I said, I had that initial disappointment, and then the 30th came. I was off. That was Thursday. That's my normal mm-hmm. day off. Uh, get up in the morning. I uh, probably got up around 9, and uh, got up, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. Look on Game Pass. Like, I don't see it. Look, I actually had to search, okay? And the movie, this is kind of a funny tie back to everything, actually. The movie Streets of Fire that has, it, it's starring, um, oh, God, who's the dude that played Green Goblin? Uh, oh, William cool. Defoe. Yes, William Defoe's in this movie about Streets of Fire. Uh, kind of inspired Double Dragon, even. Uh, it's a biker gang comes and kidnaps this dude's uh, girlfriend. I think it's the same. It might be the same dude. No, my, uh, Michael Paré. Uh, he did a couple songs back in the 80s. Uh, that was the star of the movie. He kidnapped his girlfriend. He has to go get him, fight people. It, you know, it's kind of an inspiration to Double Dragon. But I thought it was funny that that popped up before Streets of Rage 4 when I was searching for it. And this game is available on Game Pass. So I kind of thought mm-hmm. it should have been on the initial screen. Like, hey, man, this is a game we've been waiting for for many years. That was kind of disappointing, but I found it. I was like, okay, I got it, downloaded it. You know, it didn't take too long. Jumped into it. I mean, it it, it really took me back. Uh, I put it up there with Neon as far as games, I think, that, uh, you know, really accomplished. A lot of us that, you know, played them back in the day really accomplished that, that old school feeling. But it was new, but it still had that funness to it, man. I, I felt like I sat there just with a smile on my face, like playing it. Um, and I did. And I sat there for pro- it's one of the longest sit downs uh, I've probably had in a while where I probably sat there for like three hours or so, you know, just playing it. And, and I did do normal. I was like, I, I got to do that. But I did kind of use some of the assists for extra lives uh, mm-hmm. over time. But I mean. Man, I mean, for it, it did not let me down. You always got to worry about a, a sequel that you're waiting for. Streets of Rage was, I don't know, 95, 94, somewhere around then, you know, uh, mid to early 90s. Been a long time coming. Uh, Fighting Force, that was supposed to be a Streets of Rage 4. I, I think Zombie Revenge, even, might, mm-hmm. was supposed to have been some form of. Uh, did I just call it Virtual Fighter 4? Streets of Rage 4, if I can say that. <laughs> but we've been waiting this, and it was it was coming out in many forms, and we never had that official thing. We've been hearing about it, hearing about it, never coming. Finally comes out, and I mean, you know, to me, I would say I think it just it, it lives up to everything. I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, for me, I I mean, I was I was really stoked about it. Uh, I was kind of worried initially because, like, when you get like sequels like this. That that's clearly pulling nostalgia. There's always that kind of worry that it's going to be like a cheap cash grab, and the reason why I say that is because think of like uh like super I, I believe a super double dragon or was this double dragon four that came out yeah, a couple four, of years ago? That was it wasn't a bad game, but you could tell it was just kind of just arc works being like, hey, we're going to make a double dragon game. Because, I mean, they, they used a lot of the same sprites. It was just kind of like, it almost felt like a fan-made game that was officially released, which there are a lot better fan-made Double Dragon games out there. But It's, it's one, like you said, you kind of look at it and you know what it's going to play like. Yeah. And I'll throw in, too, with Streets of Rage, when I saw the graphics, I didn't look a, a lot at it ahead of time. Uh, and so when I saw, you know, it, the new graphic style, I was kind of worried, like, how is this going to play? Yeah. Until that first punch-kick combo came in. Then it was like, oh, okay, 
I, I like I like the new art style. Like, I do too. And one of the things that you pointed out that I was like, damn, he's so right, is the lighting effects, man. Like the way the lights, like the neon lights shine on like the wet streets, like, you know, little subtle details like that. I really like that a lot. And I, I like some of the new characters. I, I have to say that when I was playing, I was, at first I was playing as Axel, but mm-hmm. Axel was like very vanilla. You know, like he was very slow too. He's yeah, like older, bigger. He's very bigger, and he plays like he looks. He's not necessarily like you know your your big brute character. Yeah, but he's he's borderline. He he still has some uh, you know skills, but he's just a little slower in his age and weight. Yeah. So so then I I played this Axel first because I was like you know this is going to be your standard Streets of Rage character, and yeah, it was a little it was a little bit more sluggish than I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So when I died, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick someone else. I knew not to pick like the big guy with the metal arms looks like Jax from Mortal Kombat because I knew he was a tank he was going to be even slower so I decided to choose uh, Cherry which is the one of the new characters uh, with the guitar on her back and she's probably my favorite character on there because she's got like that double uh, like run dash kind of very similar to I believe Blaze the uh, rollerblader in Streets of Rage 2 mm-hmm. I, mean, I think the, no, Blaze is the girl I'm trying to think of the uh, the roller. Yeah. Wheels, something. That yeah. was the Burger King Kids Club guy. Wheelchair. That's terrible. Oh, I think yeah, I think it's Jake. I think Jake was his name. But but he was he was cool. I mean, I like the way he jumped on people's shoulders and like beat the snot out of their heads. And she had that kind of same, you know, wild streak to her. She's like this young, rambunctious fighter. And I was like, Man, this is a lot of fun. So I w- that's when the game clicked. That's when it really was just like, Holy shit, I'm sitting here playing Streets of Rage. Here we are in twenty twenty. And you know, you could switch the uh, soundtrack to like the old soundtrack, or you could have like the new music. I think the new music's just as good. I mean, of course, the nostalgia, you know, with the old music, you can't really touch that. You know, classic Yuzo Koshiro, but the new music's not bad. I was like, man, this is this is actually pretty good. I'm. I have to say, it was definitely worth twenty five bucks. Yeah, it really was. And like I said, I went through with Axel. I was planning on staying as him. Uh, I did switch over to Adam. Uh, when he unlocked, uh, I really like, I didn't even know there was any unlockable characters at the time, but I was like, I just, something about this dude, I was like, I, I was like I'm going to try him out. And uh tried him, and I really loved him. He had a bit more of that, you know, brawler, but it was faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really, I stuck with him through the rest of the game. Uh, and back to the lighting, there's one stage with a stained glass window, and you got the different colors shining on you. Like I said, it's little things like that. I actually had quite a few memorable boss battles. I did beat it uh, in one day. I mean, it's a beat 'em up. You, yeah, it's like you twelve really stages. It's not that yeah. long. Yeah, I thought it was a good length though, and just some of the variations in the levels. I really did. Uh, you know, I just like, like I said, memorable stages. Like the you got the Chinatown area, like the temple. A couple of the boss battles, especially some of the ones that were a little bit more one on one. Because uh, many times they'll call in extra, you know, people to come help mm-hmm. out. Uh, but I think it was the uh, one guy Goro, the uh, the karate guy in Chinatown. Uh, but I think he was the one. I don't think he called in any extra people. I, I could be wrong on that, but I just I really had fun with a lot of the boss battles. Nothing was too irritating. Um, you know, lots of throwbacks uh, to you break an arcade machine, and this is very early in the game. But you break mm-hmm. it, you go back in time. Uh, it's kind of a little bonus area, and you go back to the old Streets of Rage game. Yeah, that was so cool. Graphics. Yeah, things like that. I was kind of hoping for a couple more things like that since that happened so early. But, man, the kangaroo in there, 
there's even an achievement for breaking a car, you know, which you all, yeah. you know, is related to Capcom, and the name of the achievement is, you know, oh, my car, you know, it's <laughs> what, the, what the guy said, and that was just cool to see that. Uh, just really loved it. I mean, even after I, I beat it, I was like, well, I look forward to, you know, playing it with friends. I look forward to trying out the three other characters on there because I only did try the two. Uh, and like I said, so far, Adam has really, he's been my favorite one. I really like the way he plays, but the other ones all look so different. It's like, I definitely want to check those out. I mean, like I said, you, you can't go wrong with this. It, it carries everything, the nostalgia, but it's not like a kicking the balls over to where it's like, yeah, shitty. it gets you for the wrong reasons. It's really good. And like I said, with, when I saw the graphics, I just, I didn't know if it would play like, like it would. I didn't know how it would, you know? It's not yeah. that the graphics initially just kind of threw me off, but at the end, like the I mean, the graphics are outstanding, and the fact that it plays. Uh, when someone asked me, like, does it play like the old one? Does it play better? And I'm like, man, it's just. I'm like, it plays. I was like, there are certain things I, I like the back attacks. Yeah, uh, you know, you can do crazy combos. I've really only gotten up to. I might have done like a twenty hit combo, maybe. It was probably 13 and probably not 20, but, uh, you know, that's another thing you can achieve for too. Like, I'm sure there's, you know, some cool achievements for getting like big, sick combos, the weapons, um, the method I played, I like, cause like when you walked over some food, uh, you actually had to pick it up. So if you have full strength and, you know, a turkey comes on the screen, you can leave it there, you know, until yeah. you get beat down. Uh, but there might, I know there's an older version of plan too, and that might be just walking over it. So, you know, like I said, I, I did use the, the newer control scheme and I played on normal and, you know, I use the assist where you add, you can add lives for like halving points. Um, so I always end up getting like C's or D's, uh, or less, you know, <laughs> for my ranking. Yeah. My, my, my thing about this game is, it's it's a good game because I've known folks, including yourself, and I haven't had a chance to beat it yet. I, I'm think I'm on like stage three or four. But oh, well, see, that's cool because you got like a ways to go. It's like oh, yeah, more you you because there's some really memorable, uh, like I said, stages and fights. So like that's awesome. But but my thing is is like the people that I that I talk to about it, they've beaten it and they've went back and played it again. And you don't really hear that with today's beat 'em ups. Like beat 'em ups, uh, you know, they are they have made a re- resurgence. Uh, we've had you know games like River City Girls come out, and you know, uh, uh, ninety nine Vitas, and you know, uh, there's so many different beat 'em ups that have came out over the years, and they've been mostly like you know you play a little bit of it, you really enjoy it, you beat it maybe, or maybe you just put it down and you don't go back to it where. Everyone I've talked to, I'm like, man, I beat Streets of Rage. I'm going to go back and play again. And that, to me, is the quintessential moment that is like, this is a really good game. Yeah. Like, I still play Final Fight. Like, before this came out, it's funny. I didn't play Streets of Rage, but I was playing uh, other beat-em-ups. You know, and I was playing, like, Dungeons & Dragons. I played some King of Dragons. I played Guardian Heroes. I was just gearing up. I kind of wish I had actually played the Streets of Rage uh, you, you know, just gearing up for it ahead of time. But, you know, how many of these old games do we still play? I still play Double Dragon, still play Final Fight, still play The Streets of Rage, still play all those. And to have this one, like you said, that replay, as soon as I beat it, uh, even I was like, man, I can't wait. It's like, man, I want to play it more. Like I said, I want to try these other guys. I want to play with friends. I, I want to go back through it again. Like, I might try it at a harder difficulty level. I might even try it at easy. 
you know, yeah. and, and just see if I can like breeze through it and, and see the difference. But it's just a great game. Like I said, it's a good price point to me. Uh, that you know, twenty five bucks. Uh, like I said, there are physical versions. Uh, you know, limited runs on something you can get the uh, Play Asia. I think they sell one. Uh, you can import one if you want to get the physical too. But either way, like I said, you should play it. Game Pass. If you have that, it's free on there. You know, PC, Xbox, just check it out because it's just a really dope game. Indeed. And a little honorable mention because I, I did want to mention this game as well because we were talking about it on Facebook. Because this to me, like, I love Streets of Rage 4 and I, I like every time I mention this game, it's like, I'm not trying to steal the thunder of Streets of Rage 4 because I think that's a very important game for not just beat 'em up fans, for, but for Sega itself, you know? But this little game called Fighting Rage. And Fighting Rage, it sounds like a bootleg, you know, Walmart version of Streets of Rage. I mean, this is the name of Fighting Rage, you know? It sounds like you're going to the gas station to buy Streets of Rage. But don't let that fool you, because this game, I did a review of it a couple months ago for the Switch. It's on all platforms, including Steam. And it's it's a really good beat 'em up. And I always tell folks that Fighting Rage is like the bastard love child of Streets of Rage, uh, freaking Final Fight, and Battletoads. That it like took all three of those elements, and and that's what Fighting Rage is. And Battletoads, that's, yeah, because because I did play it because we, as you said, we were talking about it. And I said I was going to judge and see which one. I thought was better, which I'm going to hold off till next week because I just yeah. played Fighting Rage and I was playing it before the show. And dude, like I said, I you you know when you told me your opinion on it, I was like, man, I, I gotta get this. So I drew, I thought like many, I was like twenty bucks, I don't know. But when you gave me the recommendation, I said I'm getting it and uh, got it. And like I said, that battle is definitely because uh, I power bombed somebody, which I love jumping moves. I love power bombing mm-hmm. people like Hagar on Final Fight. And like, dude, exploded into bones. And yeah, that that was definitely. I, and I couldn't think of what it was. It was Battletoads, just that extra little comical factor. This game yeah. looks a little bit more retro to me than Streets of Rage. So if you want a little bit more of that retro feel, this one definitely has that. But I, I got to the first level, absolutely loving it so far. So it's just, it's really cool to have these two you know, really great beat em ups that like I just got and, you know, to kind of sit there and, you know, kind of judge, you know, the uh, amount of the team, you know, how many people were on each one, what they were dealing with, what they were working with and like who pulled off the better game. Yeah. Cause I mean, the, the interesting thing about fighting rage, one, one of the things I like the most about that game is the fighting style. It, it never really gets boring. Like it's very simple. Like the fighting style is very simple, but it's hard to master. And what I mean by this is like, Fighting Rage has, you know, your your two-button combos, but you also can learn things like parrying and cancelizations. It starts going more into the, the fighting genre, the fighting game genre realm, where, you know, you can reverse moves, you can do parries. And what's really cool, and it adds a lot of replay value to Fighting Rage, is there's alternate paths. So there's certain things that you could do in a stage, and you're like, oh, well, since you did this, you're going to this part of the stage, or you're going to this other stage instead. So that adds a lot of replay playability so i mean for 20 bucks it's made by two guys it's definitely an indie game to the t but it's definitely worth it and i know some folks are kind of like they see the price and they're like oh i don't know if i want to buy this fighting rage game for 20 dollars. it's worth it definitely worth it just think you can get both of them 
for less than the price of a brand new game. You get both yep. for like forty five bucks. That's pretty good. I, I do. I do really wish though that Fighting Rage uh, would go on Game Pass. I feel like whenever it hits Game Pass and more folks can, you know, swallow the 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 price because they're playing it for free and play it. I think they're really gonna get turned on to it, and maybe we'll see a Fighting Rage too. That would be that would be freaking amazing. Could be. Because, like I said, it's really it's awesome. I can't can't wait to play it more later today. Now we we decided to on this episode talk a little bit about the PSP. It's something we've been wanting to cover for a while, and you know we're not going to go and talk about the history of the PSP and sales numbers and blah blah blah. We're just going to you know have a nice little last thirty minutes of the show talk about how much we love this little handheld console that, in my opinion, is very underrated. It was it was almost like everyone who had a PSP loved the PSP, and Sony was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, so what I decided to do is I went on the Excess Gaming Podcast group page on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash group slash Excess Gaming Podcast. And I asked the listeners to share some of their memories of the PlayStation Portable. So I'm going to read some of those and we can talk about it. Uh, first one is John, the Retro Bro. He says, I was deployed when the PSP came out. I went with a DS, but was sort of jealous of the guys who had the PSP. I remember being amazed how good the graphics were for a handheld. However, I was glad I got the DS because everyone I knew had a bad, uh, had their PSP stolen, at least at some point. They were a hot commodity out at sea, which I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's a Sony product. Yeah, it's just kind of crappy, man, the fact that anybody likes my head on the ship, you know, would like steal their uh, fellow sailor's system. But yeah, bad things happen everywhere, and you know, and shout out to John, you know, for serving. Also, my brother EJ, I've mentioned him as before, he also was in the Navy, and uh, mm-hmm. handhelds are really big, you know, for guys out on the ships. Like, you know, I, I know this personally. Yeah, um, and I could see him. The DS was a great one. PSP was one myself. Like, I, you know, I got a little bit later. Uh, I actually got it from my brother. Um, I didn't have one. He bought the initial one when it came out. Which is kind of funny how this all ties in because you ended up with that one too. Mm -hmm. So he'd given me, you know, one. I think I had it for a while. And then he'd also, he'd got the, maybe the PSP 3000, uh, you know, because there were a couple different, you know, iterations of it. Yeah, the 3000 3000 was the one you could hook up to the TV, right? Yeah, and possible Mm -hmm. the other one, there was a, a 2000. That might have been the first one that did it. You know, like I said, I'm not super familiar with every single version. 3000 for sure came, I think, you know, with connectors. You could put it up to the TV. Uh, but, he, you know, he'd given me the first one, and then later he'd got the 3000, and he had that Darth Vader one also. And uh, I think he, when he got that one, he gave me his original one. So I think I sold you the original one for like pretty cheap and gave mm-hmm. him the money even since he gave it to me and gave me another one which i still have the darth vader one now which was the white one with vader on the back which is very cool yeah the early version but that was kind of you know we i had mine a little bit longer but you know with you getting that one we kind of had ours uh, around the same time yeah and that was actually the second time i had a psp because i did buy a psp earlier and what made me buy the PSP initially was the release of the Dracula X Chronicles. Uh, this is back when I was working at uh, Babbage's. This is like 2008, and I, you know, I always joked around like, "Hey, if some console wants me to to 
or some company wants me to buy their console, make an exclusive Castlevania game, you got my money right then and there. And that's what the PSP did. They, they released the Dracula X Chronicles, which at the time was the only way to play a U.S. version of Rondo of Blood. And it was cool because you had this new version of Rondo of Blood. And I still like the way that looks, but you could also unlock the PC Engine version, and you also unlock uh, Symphony of the Night. And I was just like, man, I actually still have the... A promo box that I got at Babbage's when they had it uh, for pre-order. It was just a picture of Dracula, and it's like the Dracula X Chronicles. Very bland looking. It was $39.99. That was the price of it. So it was a $40 game, and I still have it. And yeah, I mean, that's just an amazing freaking game. A matter of fact, um, Vince, uh, Vince, one of the one of the guys that listens to the show, he's like, I bought the system for Ultimate uh, Ghost and Goblins that Dracula X Chronicles was awesome. When I learned to mod, I used it for an emulation machine that made the system even better. There are so many good games, it's one of my favorite handhelds. And that's another thing. The PSP was one of the first consoles I ever heard of people actually modifying and putting emulators on as well. Yeah, possibly part of its downfall. <laughs> you know, they yeah. did have lots of piracy problems lots of people hacking into it which could be you know why they had so many versions trying to block that out uh but people still figured out a way to do it and like you said with the castlevania this was before uh and you know simply the night we all love it and we know we might be a little bit oversaturated with it at this point because you know it is on everything which i think is yeah. good you should be able to play it on everything this you can get it, the, you can get it on mobile now it's on it's on cell phones yeah. this was <laughs> the very first handheld version you know we ever had and like I said it was sold as just you know rondo was the newer version and uh you know which was very cool because you know so it, a lot of people weren't super familiar with that one but they had the original unlocked like you said the pc engine version and a throw in symphony of the night it really was like the ultimate castlevania collection you know at that time and for the price you know 40 bucks it, it's like it really packed a lot and i mean it looked held up all the graphics you know, it was a very, uh, very, very clean system. You know, you could put up with the DS, and I mean, graphic-wise and stuff, it, you know, it didn't really compare. The PSP could really blow it away. It really could. Uh, but it, but it was a hard fight, you know, for them because Nintendo had that handheld. So many people had failed before, uh, and I think Sony, you know, probably put up the greatest fight as far as if one of the best products that anybody, you know, really could have done with that. And the thing about the PSP, too, is, like, a lot of games, like, held up so well. And they, they had a lot of games. Uh, Bill Bush, uh, he said, oh, man, I love the PSP. I went everywhere with that thing. I still have around 100 titles for it. It was my first system of memory that had games so good that they were ported to home console, which is the exactly. PS2. Which, yeah, he is right about that. To call out just a couple of games that shouldn't be missed are Persona 3, Tekken 5, uh, let's see, Tales of the World 1 and 2, uh, Star Ocean 1 and 2, Crisis Core, Twisted Metal, Head On, uh, he mentions Dracula X Chronicles, Final Fantasy 1, 2, 4, and two God of War games, Soul Calibur, uh, Dragon Ball Z, Shin Budokai, uh, Final Fantasy Disgaea, Mega Man Maverick, Hunter X, and Power Up, Parasite Eve, The Third Birthday, Silent Hill Homecoming, and Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I mean, he's mentioning all these games, and yeah, that's that's the thing is, we actually got some of these games later on on the PS2 and PS3 as collections, which is insane to think about. Yeah, God of War. You, you hear both those games, the uh, the, the chain, let's call them the chain games on there. Um, 
you know, they put both those together in a collection. I have those on PS3. Uh, and I mean, and they also played great yeah. on the PSP. I mean, they put big titles. Uh, not, I don't know if you'd mentioned this list, but, uh, you know, Metal Gear also. Mm-hmm. Had some. And we saw these weird versions. And I know he did mention uh, Silent Hill, but there was a couple, I think it was, well, I don't know if Metal Gear Acid was one. It was like some weird card game and like virtual comic. Well, yeah. It's a weird game. Silent Hill uh, definitely had one that had uh, a full comic with Silent, the Silent Hill experience, um, you know, which is like a digital comic with original soundtrack and everything, which is still very cool because they branched out. It was actually labeled uh, as the Walkman of the 21st century. Uh you know, you had games, you had movies, you know, yeah, you the, the UMDs. UMDs. Yeah. There were a lot of major titles would come out on that. It was around for a very, you know, short period of time. That then, one didn't hold up. But I'll say, did you, did. I'll say, did you, did you have a lot of UMD movies? No. Um, you know, cause like I'd got, I think it originally came out in 2006. And I think you said we probably got ours actually like a bit later oh yeah because uh, when you say when you had got yours i've got mine like so you know a lot of games had come out i had a few i was given some extras uh and i think i still have a couple in a drawer i maybe have three now like one of them i want to say is like scream or i knew what you did last summer oh yeah uh, or is something like that i don't even think i ever watched one on there uh kind of like how they did the spongebob episodes you know with the with the ds you could get uh, mm-hmm. Card, or was that even GBA? It was GBA because they had GBA, they had SpongeBob yeah. and they also had uh, Dragon Ball GT episodes you could get on the GBA, which I thought was really interesting. You know, but but they were you could see where both of them were really kind of going for a more you know full entertainment system. But the PSP definitely carried more of it for the games, you know, which I think went on. They tried, but it, it's hard to get people to I think buy you know let me buy this movie on this, buy this movie on that. Once again, people in the military at that time. Uh, you know, the, this was before, you know, streaming services. Uh, a lot of people in the military had like VCDs early on you know, mm-hmm. in the early days of DVD. So it was very nice for them, I think, you know, to have something that could. I imagine military was one of their biggest uh, purchasers of like the actual UMD movies. You, you bring up a good point, too, because the PSP wasn't just a gaming handheld console. It was a, it was a multimedia a handheld before smartphones because I remember, you know, folks used to go on the internet on the PSP, you know, check your MySpace on PSP. Uh, people used to also uh, put music like MP3s on their PSP. And I mean, I remember the, the one downside to the PSP when I mentioned all this multimedia, and I think it's the, the downfall with the PSP and the Vita have in common is the proprietary uh, memory cards. Uh, mm. That was that was the thing that kind of was the the thorn in every owner's uh, side was getting these uh, memory sticks because they weren't always the cheapest. Some of them were really expensive and they filled up really quick. I remember I had a um, I think like an eighteen gig or something like that uh, memory stick, and I remember I let one of my friends borrow it and they put a bunch of uh, anime. They put a bunch of anime on my PSP of like shows I hadn't came over to seize yet and shows that I had never heard about. That's the first time I got mentioned uh or introduced to like claymore and berserk she's like oh you gotta check this out and uh it filled up my psp i was like well shit now i gotta delete some of these when i'm done watching them so i can save games and stuff and you know once they opened up the psn and you were able to like download games onto the psp and it became like 
you know, that whole digital side, you had to have a, a decent memory card to really enjoy that experience. And unfortunately, the folks of the PSP Go, oh, I feel for you. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the one, the, the, the final version, you know, that came out that was the, the fully digital to like, you know, where you could kind of see it was an early step of how many people like did adapt to that. This one's, if you wanted the newer version in the past, it was cool because you could still play your game. This one you couldn't. You would have to rebuy everything. Yeah, it looks nice. Like it's a really cool looking system, and you know a lot of people have them. You know where they've hacked them. Uh, you know where they can put things on them. I could see that being a really cool version to have for that. But just by itself, that was one of the early steps. It's, it's kind of like you see with Xbox where they tried to do the version that's like digital only, and that's one of those things like a lot of people just don't want to mess with because you don't want to upgrade, lose out on function. Yeah. And, it, you know, you could see, like, they were just kind of pushing there near the end. But, I mean, I thought, you know, it really put up a good fight. Like you said, it could do many things better, you know, uh, than the DS even when it hit. And it's, it's still a great system. Still, it feels great to hold. I just, actually, I couldn't, I was wanting to play some games, you know, before we did the show. But, like, I could not find my charger. And, like, I found it right before the show. <laughs> so I actually have the PSP, like, charging up now. But I remember just... I was going through these stacks of games. And another great thing was, and this is maybe even five years back or so, uh, around GameStop started selling off, you know, all the PSP stuff. And, I mean, I'd go in there, and if anything was 3 bucks or less, like, I would buy it. You know, if it sounded semi-interesting. Some things I probably still skipped. Uh, and a lot don't have covers, you know, but I, it, it it's kind of like, it's like, whatever, man, this game costs 2 or 3 bucks, But I got a whole, you know, stack of them. And, um, you know, a lot I had throughout of it, you know, they're really good for compilations at that time. Oh, yeah. SNK compilation. The Capcom. Capcom, Midway, and and one of my favorites, uh, probably a little bit lesser known. Actually, there was a Namco, too, with Rolling Thunder. I got to throw that one in. But EA Replay was one of my favorites, mainly due to having uh, a couple Genesis games. And uh, one of my favorite Genesis games as a kid was Budokan. Yeah, I was really into karate, and it was like a martial arts, kind of like an advanced karate champ. Like, it's not a great game, but you had many different uh, styles, like Kobodo, like Okinawan weapons on there. Like I said, like Tonfas, bow staffs, size, nunchakus. Like, it was very cool. Like, I never really played anything like that. And like I said, not the greatest game, but it's uh, one of the few ways to actually play it is on that. And also that Haunting of Guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a really cool, you know, game where you're trying to hunt a house and scare out people. Uh, Mutant League Football was on it. It was about seven or eight, you know, classic EA games, and we can see how you know they've jumped up. You know, we've had the you know the newer EA replay where they put a lot more, uh, or the rare reap. Actually, that's not the same thing, is it? No, <laughs> rare replay. I got confused with the names, but no, EA EA replay. It's a great one, whether you're emulating or you find a little UMD for cheap. Like, that was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Genesis, and it made me think of the uh, Genesis collection on the PSP as well. And that yeah. was, man, that was a really good collection because, I mean, you got your Sonic, you got your Golden Axe and Streets of Rage, but you also got a lot of RPGs, too. Uh, not just uh, Genesis games, but some Master System games as well. Because I remember I had, you know, the Genesis collection. It had Fantasy Star one through four. Yeah, it had had all. I was trying to remember if we had a. F- 
Yeah, we have Fantasy Star 4. I was trying to see how far Fantasy Star went up for a second. I had a uh, brain freeze, but it had all the Fantasy Stars on it. It had Shining Force. Uh, that was a really good compilation. And one, Another one that I really liked as well was uh, the Midway that you were mentioning. And they came out with different versions of them. Like different about two or three, I yeah. Think, and, midways. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe it was Midway Treasures Two. It was the one the green background that had Mortal Kombat One, Two, and Three. It was that I think they had that one in the racing one. Yeah, I think they had two of the collections on there, and I mean it was just a great. It was a great system, you know, if you wanted to get those. But then it had all those original titles too, and uh, I do like dungeon crawler games, you know, like Gauntlet style, and they had a ton of those yeah uh, they did untold legends was one of the first ones that came out uh and then also dungeon siege and if you just kind of like that gauntlet style you know collecting i guess it's kind of like loot collecting games killing crap uh definitely there's a really good selection of those on there yeah that was a lot of fun and then of course you had you know you had some of the the big titles like you had you know uh crisis core final fantasy 7 which was a prequel to final fantasy 7 and it's a really good game. I'm actually going back and playing it right now because I just finished the Final Fantasy VII remake. And, I mean, you had Power Stone 1 and 2 also on the PSP. And, like, Street uh, Street Fighter Alpha 3 on the PSP was awesome because it had online play. I mean, that one really good version of Darkstarker. I can't say that word. Darkstarkers <laughs> had a had a really good version of that that had uh, pretty much like all three of them built yeah. in together. Uh, Tekken, the Dark Resurrection. Uh, I mean, man, you know, I mean, like they really did, uh, you know, games on handheld that held up against the others. And one of my absolute favorites, uh, it kind of felt to me like it, it seemed like a Dreamcast game, was per- Pursuit Force. Yeah. Uh, one and two. Uh, extreme what was the other one Ex- extreme something i wrote my notes i can't read i can't read my writing pursuit get god pursuit force i can't say any <laughs> words like, but pursuit force it was kind of like semi racing and you could attack the other cars you could jump on their car steal it bust through the windshield uh arrest them just it had this super arcadey feel uh and it was like over the top and fun and like I said that one is just one that's one of my top PSP games like both of those are just so awesome like I wish they would put those out on uh, another system you know like a little compilation to where people could play those again or either do a, a third one you know yeah I mean unfortunately that that's when when we're we're closing out talking about the PSP that that's one of the most unfortunate things. Uh, is that a lot of these games, um, unless you have a PSP, you can't really go back and play. Unless, I mean, unless you do you know, emulation, which is good, because uh, emulation with the PSP has gone way, way, way o- over. You know, I can get PSP now on my uh, tablet, my, my Fire 8 tablet. Uh, I can play PSP on my computer. I can play it on, uh, on the Pi. You can play a little bit of PSP. It's not the best. I mean, there's some games that don't really work too well. But overall, I mean, luckily there are some ways to go back and play some of these games. Because, I mean, like E7, uh, you know, E's Oath of Fangana, you know, games like that were only on the PSP. Well, let me take that back. I think you can play Oath of Fangana now on Steam. But, I mean, like, a lot of games that were on the PSP you can't go back to. 
and, and play without having the console unless you want to emulate. So it's unfortunate, but I mean, man, I freaking love the PSP. I thought it was a great console. Yeah. I, I want to throw in a couple other games too before we finish up on it. The uh, Def Jam Fight for New York. Yeah. That was on there. Uh, very awesome. You know, wrestling's in my fighting game. Uh, another one of my favorite series, which also just kind of died and went away. It started with Total Overdose, uh, which was on Xbox and PS2, maybe GameCube, not sure. But they had a sequel called Chili Con Carnage. It was only available on PSP. And it's very, uh, you know, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino kind of, exp- uh, ex- Jesus, ex- uh, inspired game uh you know very over the top you know with the moves kind of has some grand theft auto in there too of course but uh chili con carnage was only available on psp and if you want a couple beat-em-ups uh unbound saga was a really cool game it was only uh downloadable on the psn store and i think you can actually get it on the xbox now maybe also on playstation uh but it's kind of a guy that's like he's like in a comic book but he knows it it's not really like comic zone uh, it just has a more beat em up feel than that. Uh, and then another one, if you like Yakuza, is a Kinko, ba- Kinko Bencho Badass Rumble. Uh, you're kind of a delinquent high school student. And as you go on different field trips and you go around, you get in fights with other schools. But it definitely kind of has that Yakuza feel to it to me. It was a game I played a bit, uh, you know, in between Yakuza games before we had a ton of them like we do now. Uh, but it, it was a nice little escape. And if you want a couple good, you know, beat em up games, uh, you can go on there. And, of course, many of the compilations, like we mentioned, the SNK, Capcom, a lot of the top games are on there. If you, uh, you know, are inspired by Streets of Rage. Four and uh, Fight and Rage, and you want to go play some older ones. They they are available on the PSP. Indeed. And, and of course, I do want to mention, because I'm pretty sure uh, someone's going to mention it in the comments on this episode, is you can get some of the PSP games on the Vita as well. I, I, did, I yep. just remembered that. Um, I, I, I guess I forgot because I still don't have a Vita, so I didn't even think about it. But yeah, you can get, you can get some PSP games on the Vita. But uh, yeah, guys, leave a comment below. If you're listening to us on uh, YouTube or you know iTunes, whatever you guys are listening to us on, and you know, leave a comment. Tell us some of your favorite PSP games. But before we close the episode, we're going to talk about games we've been playing recently. And James, I want to throw the mic at you. What have you been playing since our last episode? I mean, you know, I mentioned a little bit. You know, some of the beat 'em ups I was playing earlier, gearing up. Uh, mostly lots of Streets of Rage Four. I did also uh, pre-order Daymare 1998. Uh, this was back when Resident Evil 3 came out, uh, which I've still been going through that. I haven't been hitting it quite as hard as uh, I've wanted to, you know, to finish going through it. Uh, but the Daymare, you know, it was a, a team that was working on their own Resident Evil 2 remake before the Capcom one came out. Uh, so they decided to make their own game. And uh, they had this one, Daymare 1988, which is you know, inspired by, you know, Resident Evil, of course older survival horror from that time and it's pretty good so far i mean you know i've played a little bit of it um actually i already ran out of bullets at one point so i really have to start over because i don't really see any way to get around it but i mean it's kind of a a low rent you know we've been playing resident evil 2 and 3 and these are really awesome experiences and just the graphics and everything this one's a little you know step back so it does kind of feel like you're playing an older one but it's still kind of cool and, uh, you know, like I said, I did just get the Fight and Rage 
Um, also hit a bunch of games, you know, on sale on the eShop. Um, I dropped in just some money on the account. You had recommended, you know, Mario Maker 2. Oh, um, yeah. I'd kind of been, a, you know, just avoiding. I'm like, I don't know, but it really sounded like a fun experience, even if I'm not going to make anything. Um, it's got the built-in story mode to go through. I've been playing on that. I've just been playing random levels that people, you know, have made. I Like, I've really enjoyed some. Some I play through a time or two. And I'm just like, oh, I'm done with this. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting thing, especially during this time, you know, to be able to just jump on and play other people's creations. Uh, I did pick up Night Trap and Double Switch, um, which, you know, were the old uh, Sega CD games. The very, very controversial Night Trap. So, you know, if you don't want to try to get the physical version from Limited Run, you can download them for like three bucks. I don't know if the sale's still going on, but I was like, three dollars? Gotta get it. And, yeah. Uh, my wife and she actually wanted to play Mario Kart, so we were uh, playing that one day. And afterwards, I started playing Night Trap. She didn't really know a whole lot about it, and I, I couldn't even really figure it out. Like I've played it before, but and she's like, "It seems like it could be kind of cool." If you, know, I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on." I don't know. <laughs> it was very so, cryptic. It was a very cryptic it, game. Yeah, but it really does seem like it could be kind of cool. But it had that whole controversy behind it. And there's some cool documentaries uh, if you actually buy it. That you can go on. There's interviews with people, you know, that worked on uh, part of the movie that they used uh, within it, and then double switch, you know, with the late great Corey Haim, where he's just yelling at you the whole time. Um, I actually did do one trap on that one, so uh, that was a really fun one to play. Um, Mark of the Ninja, I got that not too long ago too, which I know is an older game, uh, but I'm always a big fan of ninja games, and uh, it's got some really cool. You can just like. Uh, stealth moments of course because you are a ninja and um you know other than that like i bought a whole bunch of other games that i haven't even played yet just because so many ones are cheap i always recommend the uh e-shop on the switch because there's just good there's going to be something on there mm-hmm. but you know other than that like I, just, I plan on getting back to you know streets of rage definitely playing some more fight and rage too it's just it, it's great to have you know two awesome beat-em-ups uh you know that are both different uh, you know, but they both kind of all come from the same place and expire inspired by. So it's just awesome to have that. So, but that's about it for me. Uh, uh, since the last episode, uh, I've beaten uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I really loved that. That was really, really good. Um, definitely, you know, hats off to Square Enix. I, it's not a perfect game, but it... it it satisfied me, and I'm, I can't wait for the next installment. Uh, a little bit of Animal Crossing, like I was mentioning earlier, I need to get back into that. Uh, also, uh, of course, Streets of Rage 4, we talked about that. Uh, and I just ordered, and it just came in the mail today, uh, so I haven't even played it yet, but I, I ordered uh, Trials of Mana, the, the remake. I got that. Also, um, I, I got Typing of the Dead Overkill on Steam. Uh, they, made, they made a... You know, House of the Dead Overkill, but they made it Typing of the Dead style on uh, on computer, and uh, my girlfriend loves playing that. Like, I, I figured she'd like it. I'm like, you know, I want to try this game out. Have you played this? She's like, no. I'm like, try this out. And it, it's House of the Dead Overkill, but instead of using a light gun, you're typing various sentences and phrases to kill zombies. So we've been playing that. Also, uh, Katamari Damacy, 
uh, like the re-roll on the Switch. I got that really cheap at Walmart. I pay, yeah, I picked that up, I think, on the eShop, actually. Yeah, I found it at Walmart for like 20 bucks, and I was like, you know, I'm going to get a physical of this. And uh, and last but not least, Mario Maker 2. I mean, that's just been – that. that's me and my girlfriend's like game right there. Like we just – will what we love to do is we love to do the speed runs. Like we'll go on the course world and we'll filter where it's just nothing but expert mode speed runs. And we just sit there and that's what we do. <laughs> we just sit there and try to beat stages as fast as we can. And it's very, very just intense. And uh, she actually beat a super expert level the other night. I still have not beaten a super expert level. So she's been kind of holding that over my head for the past sure. week. She's like, Oh, how's it feel dating a super expert at super Mario maker too? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's been pretty much it. I mean, there's a lot of games that I, I believe I've bought that I've been thinking about that. I still haven't really played yet. Oh yeah. One, one other game. And I'm going to be doing a review of this very soon was sent to me last night since uh, our recording. And that is uh slaying two, uh, Slayin 2 is a sequel to Slayin, which was a mobile game. It's made by the folks uh, FDG, the same folks who did uh, Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom. Uh, and it's a very interesting game. It's it's an action RPG, but it's more archaic in the sense that uh, every stage you have a certain amount of uh, creatures you have to kill. And once you kill them, then you fight a boss, then you go to town, and then you, you level up, and it's rinse and repeat but what makes this game really interesting is the fact that it's kind of like ease in the sense that your special move is when your your bolt meter goes high enough you put you can push a button to, to you know use your sword to slash someone otherwise you're just running with your sword and just stabbing everyone like it's really weird but i'm working on a review for that and so far it's been a lot of fun but it's it's pretty hard. It's pretty difficult. I've had find myself go back to other levels to grind, to level up, to go back and beat another, another boss. But uh, that's been pretty much it for me. That's, yeah. that's been about it. Yeah. Definitely lots of options out there. You know, like I said, always check your sale pages because there is a lot of stuff going on right now. Oh yeah, and I mean, and and this month we we got a lot of games coming out. I know June we're gonna hear more about that. Xbox One X series, which I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about in the next episode. But I want to I want to tell you guys if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out all of our previous episodes on YouTube.com/slash Xander Scullion. It will be in the description below. You can listen to some of our older archived episodes, and you know you can check us out on almost any platform that you listen to a podcast on. Rather, it's you know uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. You can check us out. Anyway, guys, I hope you continue being safe. And as always, happy gaming. Have a pleasant evening and play Streets of Rage 4. Hell yeah, and Fighting Rage. Yes. <laughs>